Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Pat Bostic here with Panthers Insider. We're here every Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m., and this Saturday just just cuts a little bit different. This is a championship Saturday for Pitt men's basketball. I'm coming to you live from Coral Gables, Florida. Pitt taking on Miami in what figures to be a, an ACC championship game, a regular season championship game for the Panthers. A lot of scenarios to, to, to go through today, to play through today. Uh, with regard uh, to the Panthers and their postseason potential. Uh, but pretty simple storyline for tonight's game. The Panthers and the Hurricanes met about a month ago. Panthers eked out a close victory in the Peterson Event Center back in January. This time, though, there's a championship on the line. The Panthers win this game. They are unequivocally ACC champions. And regular season champions will be the number one seed in the ACC tournament. And likely, in all likelihood, if you if you look at all the bracketologists, they will cement uh, their status as a, a participant in the NCAA tournament. So obviously this is a weighty game. Uh, this is a game that uh, this Panther team has prepared for all year. Obviously coming off the, the heels of a very difficult loss on Wednesday night uh, to Notre Dame, but we're going to detail this game. We're going to have Kale Berger join the show later about 845. Kale does a great job covering pit football and pit basketball for the fan. Uh, really studies these matchups. We'll get his keys to victory uh, for the Panthers tonight and talk through a couple scenarios uh, that could play out uh, depending upon whether the Panthers win or lose this game. But I want to start today's show. I'm happy to take your calls, 412-928-9370. It's 412-928-9370 with an exercise in perspective. Um, you know, Obviously, we're at the time of year um, when every game is, is, is a season in and of itself. Uh, every game has implications. Uh, every outcome uh, can render you either um, you know, looking op optimistically forward or um, looking forward with doubt. But I want to look at this season in totality and take a step back uh, because obviously the Panthers are playing for a lot right now. They're playing uh, not only for a regular season championship in the Atlantic Coast Conference, but for a chance to go to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2015-16. But if we go back to the beginning of this season and we look at where this team has come from, I think that there is absolutely no question uh, about a couple things. Number one, this season has been an unmeasured success. The, this, this season has been the turning point, the flip, if you will, that Jeff Capel has been looking for since he arrived in 2018. This, this team has been fun to watch. They've overcome adversity. This is a team that started one and three. A team that started one and three and obviously had some lopsided losses therein, but managed to get better as the season went on. This is a team that lost two straight games, back-to-back -back games in the month of January, uh, including a loss at Duke on the road. And we wondered if that was going to be the turning point where, where seasons have gone in the past, where teams have gone south, where teams have, have fallen apart. This team came together and rattled off consecutive wins and notched 14 conference wins up until this point. Currently sits at 14-5. and five. This is a team that has offered Pitt fans a breath of fresh air, a return to the Peterson Event Center being what we know it to be, what we love it to be. So I want to hear from you. Is this season a success? I, I, I say absolutely it is, regardless of what happens moving forward, regardless of what happens. And this isn't a consolation prize. We're going to talk about how important winning this game is on today's show because it is critical. And winning a championship would be something that would – but make this season an even even more a success. But 
when we look in hindsight at where this team's come from, boy, what a year it's been. And what a year it could still be. Panthers will take on the Hurricanes tonight in a sold-out crowd down here in Miami. I'm about a half mile from the stadium, from the arena uh, down here. The weather is uh, what you'd expect it to be in Miami. It's supposed to be about 90 degrees today. It won't be 90 degrees in that arena, I hope, uh, tonight. But you've got two, the two most veteran teams in the ACC clashing for, for an ACC championship. And, again, when you look in hindsight at what this team has come from, and where they started this season, you got to take this all in, man. You got to take it all in. You got to value every bit of it and look to parlay it moving forward, both short and long term on the recruiting trail in terms of season ticket sales, coming back to the Pete, seeing how many changes have been done in that arena, how beautiful it is, how great it is when it's packed. But boy, would it be special to, to bring that trophy back to Pittsburgh. And, and have a chance to celebrate a championship, which, which I don't think anybody, quite frankly, expected at the beginning of the season. Take a look at the ACC standings real quick, and we're going we're gonna to dig through this. Again, we'll talk to Kale Berger later in the show. But when we look at the ACC standings, obviously the Panthers are in sole possession of first place at the moment. They're tied, but they control their own destiny. They're tied, obviously, with Miami. Uh, both teams at this point sitting at 14-5 and five, along with Virginia. Key here is the Panthers played Virginia one time and they beat Virginia. So that tiebreaker is, exists. Really, obviously, this sets up for a championship game between Pitt and Miami tonight. But as this plays out, there's a lot of things on the line in this game. A lot of things aside from that regular season championship, which, which means a lot, and, I, and most importantly, it guarantees you a double buy in the ACC tournament, uh, playing on Thursday as opposed to Wednesday. And it also secures you an NCAA tournament bid. Not, not, an, all, not an AQ bid, but a bid nonetheless with, with 22 wins and a 15-5 and five conference record. Now, if the Panthers were to fall tonight, that's when things get a little mucky. That, that, that's when things get a bit confusing in terms of where they could position themselves in the ACC tournament because looming behind Virginia, it's a three-way tie for first right now, Panthers with a tiebreaker over both teams at the moment. At the moment. Clemson and Duke are tied at 13-6 and six in league play. Both of those teams are teams that the Panthers unfortunately played one time and lost to. So a tiebreaker with either one of those teams is not going to go the Panthers' direction, whereas a tiebreaker with Virginia would. Let's talk through who, who the opponents are for these, these three teams that, that kind of stack that, that second, third, and fourth position at the moment. Virginia takes on Louisville today at 2 o'clock. Uh, that's a game you figure Virginia is going to win. Virginia currently 13th in the country, 22-6 and six overall, tied for first in the Atlantic Coast Conference, playing a Louisville team that has really struggled all year. Managed to ratchet off a couple wins, but 2-17 and 17 in league play. That's a game you figure Virginia is going to win. Okay, so Panthers win, Virginia wins, no issues. Tiebreaker one, Panthers are ACC regular season champions. Clemson, on the other hand, today takes on Notre Dame at home, 8 o'clock on the ACC network. We saw Notre Dame on Wednesday night. We saw what they can do shooting the basketball. This is, this is a, a Clemson team that... They had three straight losses to close out the month of January. You look at their last seven games, they've lost. They've gone three and four and are coming off the heels of a seven-point loss at Virginia. This is a Clemson team that isn't playing its best basketball right now. Could Notre Dame beat them? You know, do they have some mojo coming off that, that Mike Bray last home game? Are they playing for an ACC tournament run? Uh, this is a Notre Dame team that, that thought it was better, thought it would have a better year than they've had. Uh, but do, do they carry that momentum? Uh, and beat Clemson uh, in South Carolina. Very possible. 
very possible. Wouldn't wouldn't necessarily bet on it uh, based on what the uh, the folks in Vegas say, but it's certainly a losable game. And obviously Duke, who the Panthers lost to back in January, Duke has a big one today. Uh, 6.30 on ESPN, they'll take on North Carolina at the Dean Dome. North Carolina's a team, you know, Duke's won five straight. Carolina's a team that's playing better of late. They're playing for their tournament lives. You know, a lot of seniors that will participate in senior day. Carolina's won three straight, including a win at Virginia and a, a handled victory over Florida State. Panthers need Duke to lose. So if you're rooting for anyone today, if you're rooting for anyone other than the Panthers, obviously, you're rooting for Carolina, you're rooting for Notre Dame. You're rooting for both those teams to loot, to beat Clemson and Duke respectively to eliminate the possibility of any sort of of any sort of uh, tiebreaker situation because when you look at the, the value of a double bye in the ACC tournament, it's significant. Obviously, it's another day's rest, uh, but it positions you, in, it, it, obviously, for that that double buy, and it positions you in a position where you're going to play that the winner of that 8-9 game, uh, as opposed to if the Panthers were to fall into that sixth position, or fifth position, rather, because really the Panthers right now are either going to finish first, fourth, or fifth, based on my math. They're either going to finish first, fourth, or fifth in the ACC standings. If they win their first, it's pretty simple. That, that, that's the only path to being the, the number one overall seed in the ACC tournament. However, if the Panthers were to fall, depending on the outcomes of those Clemson, that Clemson and Duke, those Duke games, they're either going to be fourth or fifth based on tiebreakers. If you're the fifth seed, you're going to play Wednesday, obviously. You don't get that double bye. And you're likely going to play the winner of the 12-13 game. Well, I know you're definitely going to play the winner of the 12-13 game, which right now, based on standings, it's the winner of Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. And the standings should stand true and, and stay that way uh, through the balance of the regular season. So you're looking at playing the winner of, of Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. So you're probably looking at another game against Notre Dame, which would be great, you know, a revenge game. But this is also a Notre Dame team that, that certainly gave the Panthers a lot of trouble on Wednesday night. And, and I don't know if you want that matchup necessarily. However, the other issue is if the Panthers lose tonight, all the bracketologists, Lenardi most notably, has, has put it out there that, that Pitt needs to win another game. And that was prior to Wednesday night. Regardless of who, where, what, when, Pitt needs to win another game to secure an NCAA tournament berth. So if the Panthers aren't victorious tonight, which I, I expect Pitt to win tonight, I just have a feeling. But if they don't, if they don't, you got to get a win in the ACC tournament. So it begs the question, what's the best seeding? What's the best scenario to secure that win in the ACC tournament. You could argue that finishing fifth would be better, obviously, in terms of playing Georgia Tech or North Carolina, or excuse me, Georgia Tech or Notre Dame, because that 8-9 game, you're looking at potentially Wake Forest, you're looking at potentially Carolina, you know, Syracuse is in there, BC is obviously in there, so there's some teams you can certainly beat, but 12-13 game might be better. So it, it's a six and one half, half a dozen in the other. But what this game boils down to tonight is obviously an opportunity at a championship, an opportunity to create even more of a legacy than this senior class has already done. And I would argue the legacy of this senior class, these, this graduating class, Nellie Cummings, Jamarius Burton, Greg Elliott, Nike Savande, all those guys have a chance to make history and win a conference championship for the first time since 2010-11. We're going to talk more about that next. Take your calls, 412-928-9370.
I'll be here for the next oh, 45 minutes or so talking Pitt basketball, getting me ready for a championship Saturday night clash between Pitt and Miami. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Panthers Insider on 93.7 The Fan. Panthers Insider rolls on. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan detailing a championship matchup between Miami and your Pitt Panthers tonight. Have all the coverage for you here on 93.7 The Fan, 5.30. The pregame show starts, 6 o'clock tip-off. Bill Hillgrove, Curtis Aiken with the call live on the fan as always. We're going to take a look at the last matchup between Pitt and Miami. We do have word that Nigel Pack, obviously star guard for Miami, hasn't played since the 22nd of February with a lower leg injury. Expected to play tonight, but still a game-time decision according to Jim Laranega. So we'll see. Is Miami at full strength or aren't they? We'll find out as we head up to tip-off. Speaking of gyms, though, Let's go out to the line. We got Jim. How are you, Jim? Hi, Pat. Good morning. And uh, maybe you were speaking to the uh, uh, idea of the success of the season. I'll tell you one thing: success is your your program. I really enjoy that on Saturday mornings, and I hope you keep that going right on through spring ball and you know into the summer and then on on to fall. So, thank you for for that, and thanks to your sponsors. I think the Pitt program uh, in basketball this year has been such a great. Uh, success and, and it's been really fun to go up to the the Pete and enjoy the games and see a nice crowd there and the students into the game and and I'm very happy for these guys. I appreciate it regardless of which way things go. But I hope and pray we, you know, if anybody sees the way this team has played, it'd be a it'd be a sin if we don't make it into the NCAA's. But I guess a couple of comments too. I just hope tonight we don't get into a foul fest like we had down at Virginia Tech. That game was awful. You talk about throwing us off a game, you give us referees like that, and, and, and it'll be a miserable game for us. And the other thing I guess I observed, and maybe I'm crazy, maybe you can enlighten me on this, but I swear there's a difference in tension in the, in the, in the hoops. And what I saw there when, when Notre Dame shoot up there at, at that hoop, they don't hit the hoops, they go right in through the net. And they're very effective on it, the three-point shots and the foul shots. For us, when we make our, our, our foul shots or three-points, a lot of times we use we use the hoop. And I'll tell you what, I never saw so many balls in that game go in, rattle in, back and forth, and come back out. The other thing I couldn't figure out was Burton. You know, when he puts a ball up there, they usually go in. How many balls right. went around the hoop and come back out? I, I just It just was weird to me. And I just wonder, is there a way they... They can adjust the tension because I know they have to flex a little bit when guys do a dunk or whatever, hang on the rim. Those not, those rims flex. I, I, honestly, it just it looked weird to me. But I, I, you know, I never saw. I, how does a team that goes from 80 or 90 foul shots go to one where you miss 16 foul shots? You know, it was it was yeah. a thing. And I, to me, there was something something strange about that whole setup. I, I know they played. Well, you know, it just didn't seem like the regular, the same team. I hope to, this tonight we don't come out there and, and do that same thing with foul shots. But, uh, well, Jim, I appreciate the call and, and certainly, uh, you know, appreciate your kind words about the show. Really enjoying doing this show. Appreciative to the fan for having this show. We're going to keep it rolling, no doubt about it, through spring ball. Talk about the combine more next week and the successes that have happened. But relative to, to what happened at Notre Dame, there's some things that aren't controllable, obviously. Uh, there were some calls, some some unfortunate calls that didn't go the Panthers' way, and 
about what was controllable was obviously the, the effort at the, at the charity stripe at the free throw line. The Panthers have been terrific all year. It's one of the reasons they've closed games out so well is their ability to, to, to clinch and convert uh, free throw attempts and, and obviously missing 16 and including a couple front ends of one and ones is is not your typical pit team. I can't speak to the tension in the rims. I know some people noticed that. Um, it was Mike Bray's last home game. We've always struggled down there at Purcell Pavilion and at Notre Dame uh, for whatever reason, but uh, I'm going to chalk it up to the Panthers not playing well enough defensively, getting in some foul trouble, getting into chase mode, which Jeff Capel talked about on his radio show a couple nights back. Um, the Panthers just didn't play well enough in that game, and I expect them to bounce back today. I, I think that game was a wake-up call on a number of, uh, a number of fronts, um, and tonight they're going to need to do uh, what they didn't do well in that game, um, they're going to need to do it well tonight. And I, I think, you know, moreover, this this matchup against Miami, in my opinion, is better uh, for Pitt. Miami's a team that likes to isolate off the bounce. They like they like to play more of an NBA-style game. You know, the, the Notre Dame-Virginia uh, Tech matchups for Pitt, Wake Forest even, are difficult. They run a lot of sets. They run a lot of action. Um, they have shooters all over the floor. Um, they space you out in, in ways that, that make it challenging to, to, to help uh, so that you can drive and kick. You know, I think Miami, it's more of a guard-driven team. The Panthers are more of a guard-driven team. I, I think this matchup favors the Panthers more stylistically uh, than the Notre Dame game, and I know that was a concern for Jeff Capel going into that game, not only the emotion of Mike Bray's last game, but also their style of play, how effective they can be offensively, especially when they, they shoot the ball well. So I think we'll see a better team tonight. I think it's a better matchup for Pitt tonight. And we'll go into that a little bit more here as we progress. Kale Berger joining the program in here in about 15 minutes. Kale handle, handles all of our pregame, postgame work for the fan. Um, he is, uh, he, he's, a, he's a gem. He does a great job and looking forward to getting his perspective on this Pitt team. He's covered them all year. And also this game tonight, get his keys to victory, which he does every week, every game uh, for the fan. But let's go back in time a little bit. Let's go back to this Miami game that the Panthers played. They won 71-68 at the Peterson Event Center. Really a huge win uh, for Pitt. We had one of their one of their kind of key home victories. One of the better crowds of the year. You know, came back late, got some stops defensively, turned Miami over, and went to, to went on to win that game at home. Let's take a look at the stat line, and I think a couple things you know come to mind um, when you look at this matchup. First thing that, that that jumps off the page is the Panthers. You know, out rebounded Miami by nine in that game, including a 12 to one offensive rebound ratio. Out, out offensive rebounded my, the Hurricanes of Miami by 11. So a number of second chance opportunities, including kick out threes. Panthers didn't shoot the ball well in the first half in that game, but obviously late they did. Blake Hinson with a huge three pointer, went nine of 22 from the three point line, 10 of 12 from the, from the free throw line. So not a lot of attempts, uh, but converted those attempts. So the rebounding, I think is critical in this game when you take a look at the stats. Again, Miami is a team that likes to play in transition. They're a team that likes to isolate. Uh, they are not, they're, they're longer, but they're not a team that plays a lot of inside-out game. And so the opportunity, obviously, to get out in transition off the, off the glass and obviously get second-chance opportunities offensively are, is critical. Critical is to subduing this crowd. It's going to be a raucous crowd uh, tonight at this, at this basketball game and an opportunity to obviously chip away uh, because this is a Miami team that's playing extremely well. The other thing was the turnovers. Panthers turned the ball over early in that game, and it was to their demise, obviously down five at half. But 
the, the script kind of flipped in the second half. We saw Isaiah Wong get a little bit careless. Jamarius Burton with a huge steal, got the and one in transition. That's the, those are the kind of plays that are going to be you get weighty in this game. And you look at both teams turn the ball over 11 and 12 respectively, but a lot of those turnovers from Miami came in key moments, and it was the Panthers' defense that won them that game. It, it's, Jeff Capel cites it all the time. He cites the fact that his defense, this team's defense, that game was able to close it out. They were able to close it out against Carolina. Wake Forest, they were able to close it out on defense. The defense really for the past couple weeks has not been up to par. They're going to have to defend better tonight. And those turnovers can kind of be that catalyst um, for your defensive effort. They get you going. And I expect this team defensively to step up to the challenge tonight. But we take a look at Miami. Uh, again, this team, if we break down this matchup, we'll do it more with Kale Berger here next on Panthers Insider. But Miami is a team right now that, that probably is the most talented team aside from Duke. Duke has young talent. Miami has old talent. Most talented team in the ACC. Uh, top to bottom, they're, they're extremely veteran. They're experienced. Isaiah Long, I feel like, has been there for 10 years. He's leading them in scoring 16.2 points per game. Jordan Miller can really shoot it from beyond the arc. And obviously, Nigel Pack, averaging 13.6, the highly sought-after transfer from Kansas State. So four players averaging in, in double figures, including Omier, their, 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 their forward, who will match up with Federico Federico. But the game runs through Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong. Jordan Miller's a guy that can really shoot it. But Isaiah Wong, this will be his last home game. Uh, he's, we think. <laughs> you never know in today's college basketball. But obviously it will be an emotional game for him uh, and a game that he really wants to get, obviously, to cement his legacy uh, as a member of the Miami basketball program. But, again, I think what comes, what comes with that is how much pressure do they feel? Do they try to press? The Panthers need to really take advantage of that and try to force force the issue and, and take advantage of some of those turnovers. Let's go out to the, the hotline with Tom. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Okay, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Hey, what's the status on Dennis, the linebacker from Pitt? What do you think his chances are in the NFL? That's a good question. I, I think Sebastian is obviously going to be participating in the combine. I appreciate the call, Tom. Um, I think I think Servassier is going to find a home in the NFL and, and, and play a lot of years. Um, he's a really good player. He's not a guy that's going to blow you away with size or speed, or but he's incredibly athletic. Um, he's he's a he's a a crafty linebacker. You know, he's a guy that will make the big hit. He's excellent in pass coverage, but he just finds cracks and finds way to to make TFLs and sacks. He's a great blitzer, um, and more more than anything else, Servassier is incredibly intelligent, incredibly smart. Um, and, and can play really all three positions in a 4-3 defense. Could play in the middle in a 3-4 as well. He's probably not a stand-up end, and he's probably not a guy you want out in the slot very often. But in the box, he could play any position and, and, and cover um, in a multitude of different coverages. So I expect Servassier to hopefully get drafted. I, I think he'll interview extremely well. Anytime you meet this kid, anybody gets a chance to meet him, you, you can't help but be impressed. And obviously he's played a ton of football. He's been incredibly consistent. And he played his best football his, his last game. Um, so we'll see how he tests and so forth with the combine. But I expect Voss to, uh, to, to make some hay on Sundays. In, in addition to, to the other guys that are at the combine, Haba Baldonado, um, we might as well talk about it since you got me in football mode. Baldonado ran a 4.77, I think, in the 40, 4.78. That's, that's a hell of a time for a, for a, a big DN like him. Kalijah Kansi, obviously, I mean, just off the charts. You know, running a 4.67, nipping Aaron Donald by a, 
but by just a little bit. And obviously his his ten split. You know, people say, "Oh, does a forty matter for a D tackle or a D lineman?" Actually, it does. And most importantly, that first ten yards is critical. That that's your get off. That's your ability to get up field, to get off the snap count, and to penetrate. And that's what that's what Kalijah does better than anyone in this draft, in my opinion. And someone looking for a penetrating. Havoc wreaking, disruptive defensive tackle is going to get one. And I think they're going to get one in the first round with Kalijah Kansi. So I'm going to throw that proclamation out there. Uh, Brandon Hill, 4-4. Um, I expect to see a, a lot of really good things from this pit group, uh, not only here at the Combine, but coming up with Pro Day and obviously coming up with the NFL draft at the end of April. So a lot of good things going on in, in, in pit lore right now. But most importantly, we're going to be back talk about this basketball game tonight, this matchup with Miami. We're going to get to it more next. We're going to bring Kale Berger on the program, get his perspective uh, on this matchup. Again, it's a championship Saturday down here in beautiful Coral Gables. Got some, uh, got some visits with some fine pit folks that, that make their residence down here either permanently or semi-permanently. Um, got, got the Gutmans, got Chris Bickle in town. We've got everybody around for this big basketball game tonight. Going to talk about that more with Kale Berger next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 93.7 The Fan. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, wrapping things up here on Panthers Insider Championship Edition. Pitt, Miami, tonight, live on The Fan. 5.30 starts pregame, 6 o'clock tip-off. Bill Hillgrove, Curtis Aiken with the call. Kale Berger will be available pregame and postgame. He does everything. He's our do-it-all guy. We've got Kale on the line now. Kale, good morning, man. How you doing? What's up, Pat? Good morning. Thanks for having me. You must be in the studio. You sound clear. Oh, yeah, that is exactly where I am. I had some uh, some other work to bang out this morning, so I figured I'd, I'd jump in your seat while you're enjoying my old stomping grounds. I love it, man. I'm, I'm down here in uh, the 954, which I know is your old stomping grounds. I haven't seen Uncle Dan down here yet, but um, <laughs> obviously uh, obviously a big game. And you just want to, you know, I started the show today talking about perspective in this season, and, you know, I think people get lost in the in the game by game. Um, you know opportunities that are ahead of this team, but when you look back, I mean, could you have seen this coming with this team—an opportunity to win an ACC championship? And if you saw glimmers of it, what did you see uh, that led you to believe this team could be in that position? Well, yeah, I don't think anyone looked at this season ahead of time and thought that this Pitt team was going to be capable capable of of winning an ACC championship or putting themselves in that in that position. Just you know, not simply a knock on them or anything, but just based on you know the status of Pitt basketball in the last couple of years. But you know, what gave me optimism, and I kept you know beating this drum ahead of the season, trying to remind people that you know Pitt could be better than they think, or this could be the year that Pitt improved, was because of how many veteran guards they've had or they have this season, and that really has been what has transpired all year. Jamarius Burton, Nelly Cummings, Blake Hintz, and Greg Elliott. That that foursome there. Um, when you have veteran guards in college basketball, it is going to win you basketball games. Guys know what to do in the the crucial moments. They know how to make plays, um, and they're not going to get uh, they're not going to get you know bothered by the high tension moments of games either. So, I always had some faith in those guys that with their different skill sets, their versatility, they would be able to make this pit team better than maybe a lot of people thought. But you know, I think we'd all be lying if we said we thought that they'd be here sitting the final game of the regular season with a chance to be AC champs. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, I think I, I agree with you, obviously, about the, the veteran guards, and they're going to be critical tonight. I mean, between Nelly and Jamarius and Greg, I mean, the matchups with Miami, and, and that's where I think you come into play in breaking down these matchups. Obviously, Miami is guard-driven as well with Wong and Pack. What do you think, you know, how's this matchup for Pitt, and what are the keys to containing Pack and Wong, especially off the dribble? Yeah, I think what comes down to this game for the Panthers is they got to put on a much better defensive performance than they did earlier this week against Notre Dame. Uh, I thought in that game, Pitt played, honestly, a pretty good game. 
uh, except for not making their free throws and, and not really guarding anybody. And, you know, Pitt has been, I think, a decent defensive team all year. The numbers flesh that out, especially how they defend the three. Um, but they've had some games here over ACC play where they've gotten carved up a little bit. Now, they did a good job against Isaiah Wong and Pack last time, and those guys just combined for 20 points. They went like 7 of 19 from the field. So Pitt has that capability in them. You know, Jamarius Burton can defend. They'll get Nike Sabandi into the mix, and he'll do a nice job defending guys on the perimeter as well. But honestly, it's just eliminating some of that dribble penetration. Don't let guys get inside on you, and, and, and the guards need to to make sure that they win that that kind of one-on-one -on -one matchup against what are some very talented guards in Miami here today. Talking to Kale Berger on Panthers Insider, Kale, I, I mean, I think talking about these seniors, especially of late, and their opportunity to, to create a legacy uh, with this game certainly is paramount. But I want to talk about some guys that probably no one expected to play their role that they're playing this year, namely Federico Federico. I mean, what do you make of his improvement from the beginning of the year till now? And what do you make of his future in this program? I think he's a guy that has a chance to be really, really good. He has been absolutely huge for them. And his emergence, especially with, you know, kind of the uncertainty at the beginning of the season and then now not having John Hughley, they needed a big to step up. And maybe Jeff Capel's initial plan was not to have Federico Federico playing the 35 minutes a night that he is. But He's become just so crucial for this team. And I think what's impressed me the most is at such a young age, at a guy who has not played a ton of college basketball, really no Division One college basketball prior to this season, what's impressed me the most is his ability to not only be a rim protector and block shots and, and impact shots and, and kind of uh, scare guys from getting into the paint, but the way he's been able to do that without fouling. And that has been so crucial for this run for Pitt through ACC play. I mean, we know that they're very thin down low. They have the Diaz-Graham twins, and they have Federico Federico, and, and Blake Hinson's playing the four, which is obviously not his natural position. They can't afford for Federico Federico to get in foul trouble. What he has done a really tremendous job of that has impressed me the most is, you know, he's blocking like three shots a game or so, but he's not getting in foul trouble. Now, if that ends up happening here, Pitt could find themselves in some trouble, you know, as the, as the season winds down here. But he has done a great job of that to this point where he has been able to stay on the floor while not being able to still impact the game in that way that, you know, is kind of a tricky situation, especially for some younger bigs, you know, playing college basketball at this magnitude for the first time. So let's play the what if game, obviously the uh, win and, and, and you not only clinch an ACC regular season championship and a first a double buy in the ACC tournament, first overall seed, all those great things. But regardless, win or lose tonight, is this a team that needs to win a game in the ACC tournament to make to make the NCAA tournament, in your opinion? You know, as much as I don't want that to be the case and, and think that they've done enough to deserve an opportunity to be there, unfortunately, I think that is the case because I've just looked at how these bracketologists continue to disrespect Pitt. You know, they just got into the AP Top 25 last week. They've continued to be, you know, counted out and, and looked down upon, but I think the national college basketball media landscape, and everyone wants to look at these net rankings and, and RPI and RBI and BMI, whatever kind of random stat or computer simulation you want to throw out there. But to me, it goes down to simply the eye test. If you watch the games, Pitt has run through the ACC and has had a phenomenal season in a conference that is historically one of the best in college basketball. And people continue to say the ACC's down, the ACC's down. Well, if North Carolina had Pitt's record, everyone would be talking about how great the Tar Heels are. They just don't want it to be Pitt. So for me, I, I mean, they, right now, I think they've earned themselves that opportunity. 
Of course, losing to Notre Dame didn't necessarily help your cause, but if they get the win today and then they win a game in the AC tournament, I think they're locked in, and I think they've potentially earned that berth already. But the way Lenardi and some of these other guys are kind of being wishy-washy about them, I do think Pitt still has to take care of their own business to kind of ensure themselves a spot on Selection Sunday. Yeah, I agree. Winning, you're in, man. That's the uh, that, that's the motto. Okay, how do you see this game tonight going? Let's brass tacks it, Kale. What do you, what do you see tonight? Uh, I, you know, when I look at this game here tonight, you know, specifically one of the things that I think uh, plays in the Panthers' favor that they do a nice job of is Pitt's a really good rebounding team, and they do that because of their guards. You know, it's not just Federico and the Diaz Grams wins. All of their guards do a really excellent job of rebounding the basketball. And you look at that first matchup, Pitt had a 12 to one offensive rebounding margin in that game. So I think that's going to be a big factor in this game. If they can get on the offensive boards and get some extra possessions. But if you look back at this game for Pitt, and we talked about those veteran guards off the top, what they've done so well all season is they've shown um, their experience, they've shown their age by their ability to respond in the most adverse situations. Now, they did that in that first Miami game. They were down with like four minutes left or two minutes left, whatever it was, and Jamarius Burton, uh, Blake Hinson, those guys rallied together and made plays, and they were able to pull that game out when maybe at the time they didn't deserve to win. But what they've always done this season is after a tough loss, after a disappointment, they've always done a great job of bouncing back. And I think that's what we're going to see from the Panthers today. Kind of one of reasserting themselves, uh, establish themselves that we are here, we're pit basketball, and this is our kind of our season, but also want to finish on a strong note heading into the AC tournament while also trying to get some respect back. So I think what we've seen from them all season is what's going to play out here today. I think they're going to have a strong showing. They're going to respond after a disappointing loss over the week, and, and they're going to come together and end the season on a really high note and be ACC regular season champs. There he goes, Kale Bergerman. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, Pat. Enjoy the sunshine. I'll enjoy the sunshine for you. <laughs> Big opportunity for Pitt basketball tonight. Kale just detailed it. Again, I, I see this team responding to just having a chance to be around them since the Notre Dame game. It's the focus group. They understand what's on the line. They understand the importance of this game. They understand the, the long-term implications. Um, obviously, that's the, understanding that doesn't give you a chance to win, but I think understanding the weight of the moment um, and, and playing your brand of basketball. They did not play their brand of basketball against Notre Dame. Obviously, they, they, got, they were in, out of sorts. Uh, it was emotional. Um, there were some moments where they lost composure. Um, that can't happen tonight. This is going to be an environment that's – heavily tilted towards Miami. Obviously, it's their home crowd. It's senior night. All the things that don't matter you know, when the ball is thrown up in the air for that first tip, uh, but can impact you. Uh, and what you love about this team is they, they've responded to those environments time and again, uh, both at home and on the road, uh, when they've been up against the wall, up against the ropes. You know, it's championship round. You're up against the ropes and you got a chance. Uh, against the, probably the proverbial top team in the league in Miami in terms of on paper and what they've done of late um, to go, go get a knockout punch and put to bed all the doubters um, and, and cap a, a really a historic season. Panthers have never competed for an ACC regular season championship in men's basketball. It's been a lot of downs over the past 10 years. Let's embrace it. Let's enjoy it. And let's watch this team make history tonight. I sure hope it happens the way I'm saying it, but... It's a heck of an opportunity, and it's been fun talking about it with you this morning. Hopefully next week we're talking on Panthers Insider about the Panthers competing for another ACC championship, ACC tournament next week. Panthers will either play on Wednesday or Thursday, depending upon what happens tonight, both in their game and throughout the course of the day with Virginia, Clemson, and Duke. Uh, Panthers looking either at one, four, or five seed uh, in all likelihood. Uh, but you want that one seed and an opportunity to get that double bye 
uh, clinch your NCAA tournament berth. And then we're talking about Selection Sunday and where we're going the week after that. Got a chance to be a really fun march, and it's been fun marching through today's show with you. We'll be back next week. I want to thank our sponsors, PGT Trucking, Lost TV and Appliance, Mac Discount, uh, for supporting this show. Appreciate your calls. Appreciate Kale Berger. Let's get a win tonight. Have a great Saturday, and hail to Pitt.